Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? Ready. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NFL. I don't know who the hell makes up these stats. Uh, I don't see us dropping the ball that much. We had a game where we did, but uh, I don't put any stock in it. Our guys can catch, and we don't say about it. That's Bruce Arians, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coach. Is that what you got used to uh, during his years in Arizona? I don't know who makes up these stats. (laughs) Yeah, that didn't sound like Arians, but, uh, yeah, he was always very, very entertaining in his media sessions there. I told you about somebody, some rookie. He has a knee problem, and somebody said, well, no, no, I thought it was a shoulder or something. No, 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 it's a knee because I stuck my knee all the way up his bleep, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> so he is not worried about drops in Tampa Bay's offense. Uh, this is Thursday, so we ought to have Thursday night football, but there is no Thursday night football. The uh, Part of the whole rescheduling, shuffling thing, the Chiefs and Bills game was moved to Monday. So uh, look forward to that Monday afternoon. Yeah, disrespect is all you want, but the Bengals got a huge game tonight. High school football, Go that Brighton. is, people. The Brighton. Well, you said there's no football. There is football. Okay, no NFL football. We're in the NFL segment here. Wait for the high school segment to talk about. We don't Bengals. have one. You guys have just ignored high schools for years, and I have been hey, so I was calling angry the game about last night. it. Big deal. You don't talk about it here. We need a high school football segment. All right, there all it is. Talk about- He's spoken. All right, let's do it. It starts at 10.01. <laughs> okay, sounds good. <laughs> okay. Online only. Patriots quarterback Cam Newton expected to rejoin the team and practice today. He's been on the COVID-19 list since October 3rd. So fantasy football owners, prepare to return Cam Newton to your lineups if you choose. Denver Broncos running back Melvin Gordon cited late Tuesday for driving under the influence. He could face league discipline. It was uh, between 25 and 39 miles an hour over the posted limit in downtown Denver. Police records show he was also ticketed for speeding. Downtown Denver, so instead of low dough, that'd be low don't. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. We test our players every day. I get tested every day. I feel fine. I felt fine. I was very surprised, you know, by this. And then we got the results back at 1 o'clock today. So we're still still doing everything possible to get ready for the Georgia game. Uh, I'll have normal meetings tomorrow. Everything will be on Zoom. Uh, we'll continue to do this. You know, Sark's kind of filling in in my absence uh, for anything that needs coordinated in the office. But we're going to do everything we can to help our team. That's Nick Saban. He has been, uh, I don't know, not really sidelined because he can't go to the sideline. He has been homebound. Homebound, yes. Thank you. Thank you, Yach. Uh He and AD Greg Byrne have tested positive for COVID-19. So he says he can coach from home. They got, uh, they got cameras, and he's got a uh, grad assistant or manager or something, and if he doesn't like something to play, he can just tell that guy, tell them to run that again. So-and-so blew it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This so, could be done. Yeah, so he's still he's still got his hand in practice, but there are NCAA rules I was reading last night that he won't be able to do that during a game, that you can't call into the press box, you can't call into the sideline. And they got it's, it's a big game. It's Alabama and Georgia this week. So he will be watching at home screaming at the TV, presumably. And, uh, 
<laughs> and PK believes he'll be texting Sure in. he will. <laughs> Sark, so help me. <laughs> well, there's a couple of things here. Uh, we're related to football. Forget not not to dis- diminish the, the COVID thing, but I'm just talking about football here for, for a bit. Uh, you practice all week, and so you should be ready to go. I mean, what's... That, that that that's Bronco Mendenhall's thing, man. He he would try to limit. I was on the road. I I've talked to him about. It, I saw it. He would try to limit interaction between coaches and players Saturday morning. You know, whatever time the game was, so Saturday day afternoon, if it was at night, because it's like, well, this is what we've practiced all week for. So don't try to jam stuff in mm-hmm. here at the end because it just messes with their mind. It sends them mixed messages like, well, man, we didn't cover it or I don't believe in you. You know, you can go on and on with all the negative stuff. And they have creative ways. I, I can recall I covered a junior college state baseball in California, which was a very high level of baseball. Plenty of guys have gone to junior college in California and end up in the big leagues. And part of it is because the draft reasons. If you go to a four-year, you're not eligible uh, until after your third year, whereas if you go to a junior college, you're eligible after your senior year, you're eligible after your freshman year, and you're eligible after your sophomore year for the draft. This is a ridiculous rules that they have. I, I don't understand it. But nevertheless, uh, it's a really good program. The guy, guy gets kicked out, right? And they played it at a, at a stadium. Uh, the junior college coach, the stadium, was uh, was, was really good, and it was the one of the, the, the coach there now, wasn't at the time, was... Uh, on that helicopter ride with uh, with Kobe Bryant and unfortunately died. So I'd been to that stadium, right? It's, it's a nice little stadium. Well, <laughs> so I'm looking down the third baseline, and the coach is underneath the stands relaying the signals to a guy who would relay the signals to a guy who would relay si- the signals to the third base coach. <laughs> <laughs> He's under the stands. Yeah. This is that Orange Coast College, is that right? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, and they have really good programs down there, obviously. There's so many kids and whatnot. And so, but it was, you know, it wasn't just like a little high school thing. It had, it had stands. Like, like you would see like uh, BYU softball, Yak, to give you an example. Okay, got it. It's it, it, a little nice facility. So I believe there's ways to get it done. And that's what practice is for. So I think the Nick Saban influence will still be felt. He'll be missed. I'm not discounting it, but I think they can overcome it if they play well enough. Two words. Burner phone. Well, what about halftime, too? That You know, what happens to the halftime adjustments? And what happens on, on critical uh, in-game adjustments? Uh, you know, what do you do? Somebody gets hurt. How do you tweak the offense or defense based on, hey, this guy or that guy's out and this guy or that guy's in? Well, also, coordinators have so much power. Yeah. And, and then the whole go for it on fourth and two, you know. Yeah, uh, and there, there's, there's, there's stuff there. But wouldn't he be able to have contact at halftime? That's what I'm saying. Uh, the rule I read, it seemed like the answer was no. But, again, burner phone. There are ways. Yeah, read, reading up on it, it just seems like he's going to be, like, cut out of communication. By the book. Yeah, by the book. By the book. But, yes. But again, to PK's point, somebody pulls up on the phone. There's the, FaceTime. Oh, shocking! He wouldn't be the first person. Uh, if he FaceTimes from his phone to Sark's phone, he's begging to be caught. Yeah, but find some. But again, yeah, yeah. I suppose he's cold. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I would think that, though, in all seriousness, you literally you go over 
everything. Virtually everything. And that so was he, actually one of the stories I read. You're prepared. This is a guy who had a plan for a rain and lightning delay, a weather delay during a football game. Now, yeah, occasionally there are lightning delays, but the, really that's the kind of thing you plan for? Yeah, if your name's Nick Saban, you do. Of so, course, well, especially down there. You know, we don't do it here, yeah. but but down there where they, it's far more frequent. That's why that two-point conversion or, or the, I mean, the uh, field goal kick return because they, they – they had, uh, you know, all the big dudes who can't run to chase down these little dudes. Mm-hmm. That's why it was so shocking because oh, yeah, yeah. he wasn't prepared for that to, to yeah, happen. Fifty-five and he himself yeah. big time over that. So I, I, I think they could be okay because he could still have his heavy, heavy influence during practices because, as he says, he has no symptoms. So he might actually he might be able to be with the coaches, not literally – but communicate with them probably way more. They're probably wishing he was sitting in the football facility right now. Uh, it would be easier if he were just here. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> less grief that we have to take and less work. Well, and then you just wonder how much his personality on the sideline drives things. You know, during a game, you know, a coach shoots somebody a look or a coach says one word. And, and he's so uh, fiery. I mean, we can all close our eyes and see him screaming at multiple coordinators. Lane, yeah. Kiff, Lane Kiffin first, you know. But what impact does that have during the game? Well, I assume it has a good impact because I look at the record. And well, it's basically based on talent. Yeah, it's basically based on talent. But at the same time, when stuff's going poorly, his personality, they usually turn it around and win the game anyway. Uh, yeah, I mean, these coordinators are being paid millions. So they're yep. not chop liver. And Sarkeesian's been a head coach before. It's not new to him in Washington and USC. So if he's got to make a few decisions on the sideline during the game, not the first time. Most of the time, all of his coordinators have been head coaches. Yeah, you're right. He's had a lot of ex-head coaches there. Uh, Texas Tech is going to start Utah State transfer. Henry Columbia in their next game against West Virginia. Alan Bowman, the starter. Well, they're 1-3, and three, so Alan's not the starter anymore. And, and although they scored a bunch of points and you can't hang the Texas loss on the quarterback, uh, the last two losses, 31-21, 31-15, so the offense has not been as productive the last couple of games. Yeah, well, so. uh, take it to the bank with Hank has actually played. This is, he's not just standing there. He's been in that. He's received action. He's received playing time. NCAA Division One Council voted to approve measures that will allow all student-athletes to transfer once without sitting out. Measure expected to be ratified in January and go into effect next August. And we're already seeing a lot of transfers. Do you actually think we're going to see more out of this? We oh, see more no question, freshmen yeah. and sophomore pulling the trigger This here? is a game-changer for BYU. There's just no question because, especially for BYU basketball, Mark Pope has been living off of transfers and grad transfers, and he said some of them have had to finagle ways to get into school. Others have been easy. And then I can tell you about BYU football wanting guys, uh, a thousand-yard receiver, and they wouldn't admit him as a grad transfer. Now they can admit him as an undergrad. You get a kid who's a senior going into a senior year, 22 years old, and is a non-Latter-day Saint, and you just say, son, man, look what we have to offer. We're going to be on television just about every, literally every single game. You're going to play 60,000 folks here. The media is going to go insane coverage. I mean, you're going to find just as good a coverage here as anywhere in the West, and those are facts because I've been to every place there is to be in the West, and you're going to get just as much, if not more, coverage. And so you come here, particularly if you're going into your senior year, uh, you, you know, you, you basically, if you want, you only have to be here for about four or five months. <laughs> and they can bring these kids in, 
and, and in basketball, what they what they offer. I mean, their their attendance is great, the interest is great, the passion is great. I mean, the conference may not be the best, but Pope is as charismatic as can be. Great idea last night to put the thing on uh, the BYU app with the practice, generate some more enthusiasm. They play, you know, they don't play the best road schedule in conference, obviously. But they play a great non-conference because it's looking like he proved this back when he was at UVU, you know, with the uh, playing uh, who they played Duck, uh, Duke, and somebody else on back-to-back nights, Kentucky. Yeah, I, I think this can really be a big difference for the Cougars. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. So in addition to the transfer rule, the NCAA Division One Council approved a measure that would give all student athletes participating in winter sports obviously basketball, uh, an extra year of eligibility. We already heard that for the spring and the fall sports, so they're just going right around the calendar year here. So everybody who you thought was a senior will have a bonus year if they want it. Now, there's money to be made going overseas, so a lot of guys may opt out for, out of it, but it's there if they want it. If they want it, because the way I look at it, they already asked the big kid from Purdue, what's his name, Harms, uh, you know, you can get that year back. He says, yeah, I'm 22 years old here. You know, yeah, he said, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to I'm looking it. to move on. So there's two things. Those types of kids who are good enough, they're going to want to. And then if you're not good enough and you're not receiving playing time, do you want to stick around another year of that? So I don't think it's that big of a deal. But for some it might be, sure. But I don't think that it's just – earth-breaking or whatever shattering and it's going to just be just incredible you'll have these rosters of 22 guys i could be wrong but uh, you know i would think that uh, if you can go you would go make money or and if you've already graduated you might want to head out Uh, but i'm sure some would take advantage of it probably most helpful to the guy who has an injury his senior year and only gets to play a little bit to hit reset on that and get himself to a better spot to make more money when they leave. In the sport of basketball, anyway. Uh, Larry Krasoviak revealing BYU-Utah games still expected to take place this year. Mark Pope confirming the two programs are working to lock in the game and set a date. as originally scheduled for December 12. It could settle back there, but it seems like there's a lot of moving parts right now, so no guarantees. But whenever they play, it'll be a big deal. Well, yes, it will be a big deal, and it's a benefit for both teams because it's a highly, very much a highly competitive game, and it helps prepare them for tough games down the road, and that's what you want. You, you don't want 10 of those in the preseason, but you want some of them, and that's a highlight. And it's a moneymaker. I mean, you could go play it anywhere. You go play out in the middle of Wendover, and uh, there would be a tons of people would be there. Yeah. Money saver, too. You don't, have to, uh, you don't have to hop on a plane. So keep it simple this year, that's for sure. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Bases are loaded. There goes the carousel. And there's a fly ball to center field. That's well hit. And it's a grand slam home run. Max Muncy. It is 11 to nothing. And we're not finished with the first. 2-1. And Springer drives this one pretty deep to left field. Ball is hooking. If it stays fair, it's gone. And it's gone. A home run for Springer, and the Astros are on top. Springer's first home run of the ALCS and his third this postseason. So the Astros beat the Rays 4-3. to three. They were facing a sweep. They live to uh, play another day, and they force a game five there as the uh, Houston Astros beat Tampa Bay. 
The Dodgers, 11 in the first, outrageous. A major league record. The old record was 10, held by multiple teams. The Dodgers with 11 in the first. Can you imagine being a Dodger fan and being late to that game, PK? What? What happened? How did this happen? I consider myself a Dodger fan, not in the true winning and losing sense, and I actually was uh, late. I had a flat tire yesterday, and I had a blowout, actually. So I got this car from uh, Tim Daly South Down, took it down there, and they took care of me. So I got home, and although I was uh, listening to it on my satellite, and it was already one nothing, And so I ran. My wife has got a, a medical issue, so she had a friend over, and they were sitting there watching fried green tomatoes. And I thought, oh, my gosh, that's <laughs> gross. <laughs> and so uh, I went downstairs, fired up the television, and... Um, <laughs> Was watching that thing. Uh, they were up, as I say, up one to nothing, and then two to nothing, and then I have a friend. Uh, his name is Wayne, and he's a big LA fan, uh, Dodger fan. He's going through a little bit of a hard time right now. So I texted him. I said, uh, "At a boy, Jock," and then Rios. "At a boy, Rios." As <laughs> <laughs> every guy homers. <laughs> he didn't see the game. He case just naming the guys who hit home runs. At a boy, Max. <laughs> I, I got carpal tunnel syndrome just in the first inning. <laughs> uh, that's funny. And I said, Kershaw's probably all upset he didn't take the ball now. Oh, this is, yeah. It's an easy win. <laughs> this is a stress-free. <laughs> Can I pitch yeah. now? Yeah. And he told me, uh, my buddy told me his son was actually at the game because his son goes to college in Dallas. And so uh, he's a Dodger fan, too. So he went to the game because they've been letting some fans in, as you see. So, yeah, it was incredible. It's one of those things that you could say, wow, I've never seen this before and literally be right. Yeah, it's never happened before. And then it was awesome that they just kept pouring it on because it was 11 nothing after one. They scored again in the second. They scored three times in the third. I mean, it was 15 nothing. I mean, how often they took guys out in that game like you were down in Phoenix at a spring training game. Oh, yeah, yeah, both sides. Freeman came out early for the Braves. What's the point? Right. Let somebody else play. And it doesn't matter. I mean, no. they were going to – they were they're up 2-1. I'm sure they would take that. And now, now we've got uh, the game, game four here today, and Kershaw's supposed to go. So. so the Braves gave up six runs in six games, and then they gave up uh, 18 runs in four innings. Yeah, that's baseball. Yeah. Crazy. They weren't going to keep their ERA down there at one, were they? Something Wouldn't was going to happen. I think so, no. Yeah. Well, something happened, that's for sure. All right, so both series are still going now. It's 3-1 in the ALCS. It's two games to one in the NLCS. Game five today, Tampa and Houston, 3 p.m. on TBS as the Rays play the Astros. And then for the Dodgers and Braves, 6 o'clock on Big Fox. And Clayton Kershaw, who was scratched in game two, is expected to get the start tonight. And the way this falls, PK, uh, you know, you thought he was going to pitch twice in this series, but as a game four pitcher... He might, maybe they could use him in relief late in the series, but uh, this is probably it for him. And it's a chance to, boy, you're either 2 2 or you're down 3 1. So it's a huge game. Massive, yeah. DJ and PK. Hashtag RSL. Well, RSL did something they don't normally do. They scored twice in the first 30 minutes. And they go on to beat Portland 2 to 1. Jumped out in front, really strong start. Got a little tense there at the end, a little uh, last 15 minutes or so, as the uh, the Timbers got a goal, pulled one back, and couldn't find the second goal. So RSL gets all three points at home, tied for the last playoff berth, and they've still got four games left, assuming the Colorado game this weekend, which has been postponed. 
Uh, there doesn't look like there's a date for Colorado to make that up, unless they end up pushing the playoffs back. But I, I don't think that's going to happen. So I think they're down to four games now, and, and they have to win two. They probably need to win three of them. Uh, we'll have to see how that plays out. But they get the win, and now it'll be bizarre because they haven't had this much time off, but they have 10 days to get ready for FC Dallas at home. where They really haven't been good this year. Three and three, a couple of draws, splitting the points, and you got to do better than that. So, three home points last night. Now they got to do it again against Dallas uh, a week from Saturday. Right on. What is trending? Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801 295 1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Brian Keel, former BYU linebacker. He's going to join us at 830. Craig Bolerjack, TV voice of the Jazz at 9 o'clock. And Matt Thomas, who uh, hosts the pregame and, uh, for the U- Houston football broadcast, used to work here in Utah. Uh, he's a host on Sports Talk 790. He's going to join us at 930 to look ahead to the BYU-Houston game, the Cougars and the Cougars. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big Show. It's a big deal. With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. The columnist for the Oregonian, John Canzano with us. I talked to people who were there when the Pac-12 network was formed. They tried with ESPN. They tried with Fox. They even tried with the Discovery Channel. And there were no takers. Nobody was interested in the Pac-12 content at that time. So the Pac-12 decided to set out on its own. And the problem being, none of the presidents or chancellors, none of the people involved at conference headquarters had ever started a network before. So they made some mistakes, distribution included. And they've got no inventory now this season. All of these games prior to championship weekend are all going to be on ESPN or Fox or FS1, so it's going to be leftovers, maybe one or two games at most for the Pac-12 Network, so I think it's pretty disappointing from a network standpoint. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Zero Res Carpet Cleaning. Zero Res has been proven in lab tests to remove more dirt and soils than other methods. Their powered water cleaning means no soap, no shampoos, and no toxic chemicals. Schedule your Zero Res cleaning today by calling them at 801-288-9376. Question of the morning. What's your confidence level that BYU beats Houston? Tomorrow night, the biggest game to date. Cougars 4-0, the other Cougars 1-0. What's your confidence level, PK? People are hilarious. Sometimes intentionally, sometimes unintentionally. Well, some of the intentional humor may not be that awesome, but <laughs> we expect that at this point. Michael, will Houston be stealing signs? You got five laughing emojis no. for that. That is hilarious, according to the people who are checking us out on uh, Facebook. Uh-huh. Mike says the same confidence I have in gas station sushi. More comedy, thank you. Thank you, Mike. I've never had gas station sushi, so I can't relate to that. Yeah, I've never even seen it. David says, they are who they were last year. Unpredictable. He ventures no guess as to what might happen. Thinks we're ready to ride the roller coaster again. Uh, Are we talking about the Cougars or Houston? I think he's talking BYU about Cougars. I think he's talking about Who's unpredictable. I think he's talking about BYU. That's how I read it. Okay. Houston was bad last year. Uh, yeah, four and eight well, season could, is just bad. Okay, but you could lose this game and not be unpredictable. That's true. 
But, but I think you can also be unpredictable. That's why I think this is the most pivotal game that Kalani Sataki has ever coached as a head coach. Are you going to say that again in three weeks when they play Boise State? Well, you could potentially say it in three weeks. But, you know, losing to Boise at Boise is sort of a known commodity. Whereas Houston, this is a game that, at least on paper right now, that could change when we see the game. Uh, But you're expected is too strong of a word. But you should win. Whereas Boise, you know, we're ultimate, we're intimately familiar with Boise. We see them play the Aggies. We see them play the Cougars. They're on television a lot. We've seen them for years. You know, to to me, we we know they're they're top guys every year. We follow them. It's not a stretch. Houston, a little more of a wild card. We don't really follow them all the time. We're aware of them because they've had some good programs for sure. So yeah, you might be able to say that in three weeks but that's the point if you don't win today then you won't be saying it in three weeks so it needs to be done here because you know i was so they were fixing my blowout at uh tim daly Southtown yesterday so i was down there for about 90 minutes and they got tons of sports fans who work there uh great guys tyler and, and jake and and we're talking right they know they know me and and they're just talking about we're talking about uh, sports. And uh, Tyler was saying, you know, that uh, BYU fans are going to go berserk if they win this game. And that may be a little bit of extreme, but I think it's more truth. There's way more truth to it than falsehoods to it. This is gigantic for them, for BYU. This this is a form of validation, and you're never going to have one form of validation in a season because if you do then your schedule really isn't worth that much but this is the first form of validation and you can tell me you're good and you believe you're good and you are good well you got to show it to me at some point right and this is and there's going to be multiple right now there's three steps of validation that look like that that's on their schedule we'll see if tom can add somebody else in november Uh, but there's three steps and you got to get step one, because if you don't get step one, then there's zero steps. So that's why this game is bigger than the Boise game. If you would have flipped them, maybe you can argue that Boise, but Boise is second. If you don't win this game, then that Boise game doesn't have near the luster. Well, that's absolutely true. 100% agree with the last one. No one can argue with that. If they don't win this game, then a loss here and absolutely Boise State loses some luster. I still think that's the one that most people are circling. If for no other reason than, you know, to, to your point, uh, the Broncos are largely a known quantity. You know what right. it is to go up there. You've never won up there. You're 0-5 all time. And it's just been a string of heartbreakers. So one-point loss after one-point loss after one-point loss. Yach's nodding and his head is That's dropping. why this has to be the most pivotal game right here today, tomorrow. This is the most pivotal game that he's ever coached. Because they have to win this. Because if you can't win this one, all the air goes out. See, that's where I believe in the unpredictable thing. Yes, all the air goes out. They could still win at Boise State, but the win at Boise State won't have as much impact because they'll be carrying the loss. In college football, when you got that zero in the loss column, there's a huge multiplying factor. And it's true for everybody. It's true if you're at the top of the SEC. Undefeated LSU last year. 
much bigger deal than if there's a one there. Now in the SEC, you can still overcome it, and you still might win the, well, you know, win the national title and all that stuff. But the zero is magical and creates a lot of hype and a lot of interest did, and a lot of. Did buzz. Boise have a good season last year? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so BYU one. can lose this game to Boise and still have a good season. But if they lose to Houston, it doesn't be viewed as a good as as much of a good season. So the Boise game, I'm not saying it's a bonus, but by your own acknowledgement, Boise had a good season last year, and they lost to BYU. BYU, by their own acknowledgement, their season was a disappointment. So that's because you lost games you're supposed to win. This is a game you're supposed to win or you should win. That's why this game is far more pivotal than the Boise game, because by your own acknowledgement, you can lose to Boise and still have a good season. Vegas... Has BYU favored by five and a half points? Precisely. Which is, which is why I think people have, uh, you know, Steve Post, I have a good feeling the Cougars will win. There's no guarantees there. You know, in a five and a half point, that's not a guarantee. One big play, and Houston's got the team speed to make a big play. That's completely obvious. So I get why Steve isn't more all in. He's positive. I feel good. He's got a good feeling. But he's guaranteeing. Mm, I nothing. feel good. Way to go, James good. Brown. That's why this is the most pivotal game Kalani has ever coached. Tom says, I feel good. Their win over UTSA was a wake-up call. They will be ready. That's a pretty good line of thinking, Tom, and I don't think you're alone in thinking that. Uh, It could be a sign of bad things to come if you want to go glass half empty, but they didn't play their best. They learned their lesson in a win, and now they're focused and geared up for a game that – since the schedule was rebuilt, there's a phrase we don't use very often, but since the schedule was rebuilt, they've had this one circled. Because even though Houston's coming off a bad year, they have a rep. They had six or seven good years before they had their bad year. Hector says, it feel good. They'll be ready for the challenge. Maybe a slow start, but BYU pulls away late. Yeah, that'd be great if they did. Steve says, I'm nervous. This is their strongest test. Yeah, I, I get that. I Ca- would be comma, to date, implied. Absolutely, da- I'd, I'd be nervous. Yeah. Dave says, low, if they perform like last Saturday. Oh, well, last Saturday's last Saturday. Let that go already. No. He's a fan. He obsesses over everything. He lets nothing go. Eric, nobody cares. <laughs> That's not true. Well, just the fact that you take the time to post, nobody cares. If you really don't care, you just scroll past it on Twitter. (laughs) When you take the time to post, nobody cares, that's because you care a little bit. Or a lot. Oh, yeah. If I'm a Utah fan, I'm passionately rooting for BYU to lose. Uh, If if I care. I mean, there's plenty of Utah fans who don't care. Yeah. But But, if I care. Yeah. Nate goes back to the old Alema Harrington bailout line. A 16-year-old. This line is so old it can drive. He says 50-50. That's Alema trying to explain in Utah's 2004 undefeated season when Gary Croton was literally getting ready to coach his last game and it looked like a massive mismatch. It turned out to be a big mismatch. And Alema had to do the Red and the Blue show with Pace Mannion, and Pace was just lighting him up because Pace was holding all the cards. And Alema said, this game is 50-50. There's two teams, and one of them's going to win. You got a 50% chance. I got a 50% chance. 
Nobody bought it, but that was all the lemon was left with at that point. That's a lemon getting seriously injured on his way to the hospital. Keegan says, I'm probably at about 75-80%. I was higher, but the UTSA game does give me a little pause. Uh, that's reasonable. NF Runner says 40% chance of winning. No, they're the favorite NF Runner. Come on now. Yeah, that's why this game is so pivotal. It's not necessarily the most important or biggest, but it's the most pivotal. Steve says 60% chance of BYU winning. It all comes down to their ability to get pressure with a three-man front. Houston has athletic, talented receivers. Add that to the fact that they play on turf. That doesn't bode well for the BYU defensive backs if the Houston quarterback has time to throw. So where's the well, pass rush? Yeah. You don't want tune time there. Oh, nice. Well done for those of you who don't know. Houston's quarterback, his last name is Tune. So let the puns begin. Bring them on. What have you got? Yeah, you give tune time. <laughs> Look out. Katie bar the door. <laughs> Katie bar the door. <laughs> Where'd that come from? Clayton Tune. I don't know. Sounds like it should have come from uh, some uh, old musical I've never heard of. There's two phrases that I don't understand, and I say them often. Katie bar the door, and goodnight, Irene. Where does goodnight, Irene come from? I don't know. That's what I said. Those are two phrases that I don't know where they came from. That's what I just said. Yak was on his phone. Yak was on his phone, though. I thought he knew. What? I thought he was looking it up. I'm looking it up now. Okay. Katie, bar the door, and good night, Irene. And I've added another one, my own personal one. See you later, Sally. Good night, Irene is a 20th century American folk standard. Dates back to the 30s. Lyrics from a song. All right. Well, what? why and what are the causes for and who is Katie and why is she barring <laughs> the door? How do these phrases get to be phrases? Yeah, I don't know. Who decides that? Like lame duck. And where did that come from? <laughs> Probably from duck hunters would be my guess, but I don't know. Well, okay, but duck hunters, why aren't you a lame deer? Where do we lame duck? I mean, if the president doesn't win, then he's a lame duck for, well, actually, if he does win, he's still a lame duck. Either way, because it's the second term. Where, where does that come from? I don't know. Things to ponder while you wonder if BYU is going to win and if they're going to beat Houston. And why would I want to chill? That doesn't make any sense. Why wouldn't I want to be warm? Why would I want to be chill? Do you want to be relaxed? I'd rather be warm. You don't want to be stirred up. Yeah, but chill... That doesn't. That's not the original meaning of chill. Like gay. How did gay get to be gay? Where did that? You know, gay in the. There are people who study this. The history prior times meant entirely something different. The history of language. That right. root had its root. The original Latin. Oh boy. 
It's happy to get through high school English, and I'm sorry you're making me revisit it now. I mean, your grandparents, when they grew up gay, meant something entirely different than what gay means now. Happy. And I'm not using it as a slur by any stretch. I'm just right. saying yeah. that's a word that meant something completely different than it means now. How do words evolve? Yeah, no, yeah. no idea. It's a phenomenon. All right, final word on the BYU predictions goes to Drew. He just tweeted at us 100 in the red numbers with the two underlines. 100% confident that to the BYU. 100th? Yes, to the 100th, that BYU beats Houston. I find that surprising. Given what happened with BYU last year and what happened with BYU last week, that you could put all doubt out of your mind in a game where. Just based on the, on the talent and the recent results, Vegas is saying you're a five-and-a-half-point favorite. You're 100% confident. One or two turnovers, one or two big plays in special teams, a five-and-a-half-point spread, so many things can happen to flip that game. Well, I'm not 100%, but I do know if they win, then BYU football is most definitely on fire. Then everybody takes the next two for granted and assumes that a 7-0 BYU team is headed north to the blue turf for the game of the year. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you, man, that's, the, that's exactly what I want. <laughs> oh, yeah. Big game, big storyline. It's, yeah. it's an easy choice. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Stay with us. we got uh, more reaction pouring in. we got Brian Keel, former BYU linebacker, joining us at 8.30. Craig Bullerjack's here at 9 o'clock. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Kurt Elan, what are you hearing about a potential bubble-type scenario? Because I think a month ago you said that it was a, a possibility. I think it's much less so now. Nothing is set in stone. But a January start where, I'm trying to think like football or baseball, where the stadiums are empty or mostly empty, I think that's going to vary city to city. And then just kind of move around and play through. But the schedule is going to be probably reduced a little, either in games or just condensed. They're working really hard to reduce traffic. At this point, the owners want the revenue. 40% of the league revenue comes from the gate, and they want to get some of that back. They want to get back into arenas. And and I don't think you're going to see a bubble again. Never say never. I'm done predicting things in 2020. Uh, I think we're going to be back to more like we saw with baseball and football. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Join the big show Friday from 2 to 7 at the warehouse. 1825 South, 300 West in Salt Lake City. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Boom! All right, we got rolling uh, headlines here uh, because it's 2020, and so whatever is true, just give it 40 minutes, and then something different will be out there. So the Atlanta Falcons, early this morning, the, the story was they had four positive tests, and they were closing their facility, and who knows what's going to happen with the game with the Vikings this weekend. But now, good news there's one positive test, and it's not a player, someone on the pers- team personnel. So I don't know if that's a, a coach or an analyst or a PR person or a social media person. It was some personnel. So uh, there, it looks like everything is a go again. But you read these headlines, PK, and it just makes me think of Utah and BYU going forward here. Uh, one of them you kind of alluded to and referenced earlier this morning. You know, for the Utes, and Kyle Whittingham has brought this up, six games – 
And then the seventh game, you know, championship game, or, you know, they're going to set up some other stuff that weekend. But no bye weeks. And we see teams get shut down for a week or two. And a seven-game season, it's barely half of what is normal. And depending on how things played out, we've actually seen the U.S. play 14 games the last couple of years for the conference title game. That's exactly half. But, man, you take it down to five, and that seems like not much. And that could happen pretty quickly. And it, it might not be because of anything you do, just the opponent you know, that you're playing that week and what happens with them. All right, well, if they play five, they only play five. And the flip side for BYU is if this happens with enough lead time, we're talking about Houston, Boise State, San Diego State. In my mind, I think most people's mind, Boise State's the big game in Houston and San Diego State. Depending on their seasons play out, could also be good games. Uh, but is there a game with a Power 5 team out there? You know, Oklahoma State's undefeated, but they're not playing this weekend uh, because of Baylor, their opponent, and stuff that's going on with Baylor. And they had a lot of notice about that. And is that going to happen when BYU has an open week, uh, Thanksgiving weekend, or in December, when a team like Oklahoma State could be saying, mm, we've got, right now they're undefeated, but they had one loss and Big 12 is uh, beating itself up, they might be thinking, we need one more quality win in here. Let's call BYU. You could see where they would be motivated to do that. And is that going to break, and is Tom Holmo's phone going to ring? Yeah, I don't think it can be in December, though. Well, they've got an open week there. What what week is that? December fifth. Uh, fifth, yes. Well, I guess if they don't want to reschedule Army, right? I think Army probably wouldn't play the fifth. I think Army would probably oh, play Thanksgiving. It's but, Thanksgiving week. But if someone happens. called Thanksgiving, you know, I think it sounds a little harsh. It isn't the collegial nature that we always hear about. But when when Tom came on uh, on our show. You know, he's like, why rush and get somebody now when later on you might get somebody that you'd rather play? So why tie yourself in now? So I wonder if that Army thing is just kind of on hold in case they get a bigger name on another line. Oh, yeah, you can actually do both. But uh, I don't understand why Army would want to play the 5th. Because they're playing Navy on the 12th and they want to buy it to get ready. Hmm. And they've got an open week on the 28th, so that is yeah. where the game could go. Uh, yeah, there's two, there's two locations it can go. I mean, I'm not worried about whether – if Army needs a bye to beat, my, to beat Navy, they're not going to win anyway. Uh, so, uh, sure, all that, all that could happen or may not, may not happen. I mean, it, it, I, don't, I don't really know that it makes any big difference as far as what, what, would be, what would be BYU's big difference by playing one of those games? Well, number one, there's just the pride factor uh, beating your chest. Yeah, we took down the you know best team and fill in the blank league. You know, Big 12 under this example, but you know if it's Pac-12 or Big 10 or whatever. Well, they're probably um, not going to play the best team in that league. I, th- I would think the team that would be motivated to do it would be pretty good. You're right. It may not be the best. It might be the second or third best. Um but I think the teams that, that where it's going poorly or mediocre might just be like, eh. yeah. There there are no best teams this year. That's my there there might not be. I mean, I realize the standings indicate, but you could have guys out that particular week that doesn't. So if you get a game, an extra game, you get a game. I mean, if you get and and at the least you can make some money. I mean, and, and I've been reading people with this SEC thing and these these these. 
media folks that just want to lecture us. Shut up, man. <laughs> who anointed you who? friggin' God to and be who, lecturing us? Who walking around raises their hand and says, you know what I need right now? I need someone to lecture me. Like Christine Brennan and Pat Forty, we get it. You don't want them to play. You don't want any positive publicity that goes because somebody might get it come election day. We understand. And, and it's easy for you to say don't play because you're working. How about the associate assistant sports information person who's 26 years old and got furloughed? And, yeah, they're playing it for money. No bleep. Everybody gets out of bed in the morning for money. (laughs) Why is that so bad? And we're using these kids as pawns for us to make a buck. Did you see the Coastal Carolina people, kids, the field goal kicker, and the sideline going nuts when they beat Louisiana last night? You don't think they want to play too? Use me all you want. You can abuse me. I don't care. Sure. <laughs> Old school. I got it. <laughs> they they want to be. This is what they want. And we got these old fuddy-duddies over here lecturing us over and over again. The worst, darkest day in Big Ten history. Fuddy-duddy. And they're cutting sports. Can you believe they're cutting? Okay, you better been outraged when they cut soccer and they cut volleyball and they cut wrestling way back when. Well, that didn't fit your agenda back then. Now, when they cut sports, oh, my gosh. No, when they cut sports before, they were just trimming the excess fat so we can let the women have opportunities. And I'm all for women having opportunities. But I don't remember. Maybe you did lecture us, and maybe I'm just forgetting back then because the Internet wasn't available and I didn't have the access to read and hear what everybody says. No matter where you are on the planet, you can hear and read it within instant, within seconds. But now you're on your high horse. Like, please stop. We get it. You don't want it to be put. You want a complete and total lockdown while you're still drawing a paycheck. Oh, my goodness. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. More on the Cougars and the Cougars with Brian Keel coming up at 8.30. More of your predictions. How confident are you in BYU this weekend? A lot of you tweeting at us. We'll get to all of that coming up. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.